And now, our feature presentation. Hey, everybody. Welcome to No Flicks Given. Uh, I'm uh, one of your four hosts, Frank, and I'm just going to say it. I would download a car. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Fuck you. I would. I, I could. I would. I did. <laughs> um... Uh, so I'm joined by Peter Connor and Matt, and uh, if anyone who's been following along, this is the second half of our Treasure Island off. I don't know extravaganza. What we're this. The, the yeah, island getaway adventure. Yeah. Oh, island oh, getaway. Summer island getaway. drums in here much oh, earlier yes. than the last episode. Um, okay, so what we've covered so far, and if you haven't. Uh, listen to this, please go back because it, it's it's. Uh, I found the conversation kind of really fun. So we covered in our previous episode the 1950s Disney version and the 1990s made-for-TV version starting Charlton Heston. That was the adult episode. Now we're in... Yeah. Uh, I don't quite know where we are. We're in a bit of a Frank Oz fever dream right now we're with what we're covering inebriated. next. <laughs> we're a little inebriated. We've also been drinking rum because we just... Some idiot thought that was what we should do. Because we had to purify Wednesday. the water, Frank. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, is anyone else having hard tack for dinner? Just me? Okay. So, uh, the next film. Salted the, pork the, stew. Yeah. Salted pork. Um, the next film we're going to cover, the third in our series, is uh, Muppet Treasure Island, where I'm actually kind of curious where this conversation goes, which is Connor's pick we're not really picking but like yeah connor is sort of the champion of this one so i kind of want to hand it over to you to you know mr lynch take the helm Well, much of my championing of the Muppet, of Muppet Treasure Island came from our prior Christmas Carol off, where we none of us were allowed to pick Muppet Muppets Christmas Carol because that's clearly objectively the best Christmas Carol ever made. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, borrowing that theory, I was like, "Well, obviously, the Muppet Treasure Island will be the best Treasure Island ever made." Turns out, not correct. Um, it's uh, it's it's different. It's not bad. It's just different. Um, Muppet Treasure Island was released in 1996, which would be three years after Muppet's Christmas Carol. Um, two. No. I think... I, th- I thought uh, Christmas You go ahead and Carol look it 90. up. I'm just going to sit here. Christmas Carol was 92. <laughs> Thank Christmas you. Carol, Thank you, Peter. I'm pretty sure it was 92. Um, Muppet's Christmas Carol was 92. So four years. Four years. Um, Damn it. And my Wait, pet- you said three. Huh? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is already starting sloppy. We're in, we're in trouble. So Muppet Treasure Island was released in 1996, four years after Muppet's Christmas Carol. Uh, I know my, that that's right. My guess would be <laughs> that they were trying to do a Muppet's like classic books series um, sure. that like started with Christmas Carol and they did Treasure Island. So much so that the font of the opening credits for <laughs> Muppet's Treasure Island is the same fucking font from Muppet's Christmas Carol. Do, do you think that Muppet Three Musketeers would have been after this? Ooh. Or is it like... Okay. I kind of want yeah. that. You well, know what I'm going to ask. What's that? Who would you cast? Who are, who are the Three Musketeers? Gonzo, Rizzo, and... No, no, no it no, would be, it would be, it would no, be... No, D'Artagnan is the one human. Yeah, D'Artagnan is the one human. D'Artagnan is the human for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, Chris O'Donnell. Kurt, it would be Kermit Gonzo. No, it's it, Porthos has to be Miss Piggy. Okay, uh, I guess. Por- yeah, fine. No, I think I think Porthos is Fozzie. I think I think Kermit Athos Gonzo. I'm not saying is what this is the best possible version. <laughs> I'm just saying what they would do. <laughs> You're just saying what they would do. Kermit is Athos, Gonzo is uh, Aramis, and Fozzie is uh, Porthos. And, and that well, is and, what and would Car- happen. Card- Card- Cardinal Richelieu has to be Tim Curry, a, a, a person. Yeah, <laughs> it's just Tim- uh, again, just Tim Curry. Yeah, <laughs> we 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 already got it right once, folks. We can't, you know. Yeah. You're all laughing, but like we are going to do this format for the Musketeers movies. So get ready for that. <laughs> I mean, hey. didn't. Uh, didn't weren't they considering another like classic literature property before they started this one? Um, honestly, I have given the amount of movies we needed to watch to make this episode. I wasn't able to yeah. do the same normal amount of research that I do. Um, I found out they, they were they were toying with a Wait, King, King Arthur yes. story as well. Yeah, ooh, like that. Um, yeah. Okay, so Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, which is Treasure Island with one key difference in the whole thing. So yeah, they gender uh, which what which is the song. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Okay. Um so we have Muppets. This is just Muppet Treasure Island, but in here I know going through these one at a time, did anyone else notice like a couple of like non-Muppet related creative choices that this movie makes that are pretty good as far as like what it's bringing to the table. I have a whole list we'll go through, but like I'm curious a lot what this list this is. Movie so, so I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a little, a little taste. Uh, one thing that this version does that no other version does is a show the burying of the treasure in the intro with Flint. Mm-hmm. It's the first musical number. It's really yeah. fun. But you see Flint lure the pirates to this pit, put them in there, shoot them with the two muskets. Boom. Cut to black. And then the story starts mirrored perfectly by Long John Silver having to shoot in the exact same way later in the movie. And I'm like, fucking love that. Brian, Brian Henson is a, the- isn't, it should be directing more movies. I well, don't, so yeah. have you heard the trivia about this? No, I haven't. Oh no. That most of the film was shot by the either second AD or, or something like that because Brian Henson was too busy partying to actually direct. God damn it. Brian Henson. Oh. I think this Muppets piece was, I was, was so involved. Um, one of the other ones that this is the first movie version to, um, there might be other movie versions that do this, but as far as the ones we're covering here, first one to do this, you don't see that Long John Silver has one leg for a while into his first scene. Every other version, he just shows up and he's got one leg and you notice this right away. This version, there's a big, he opens like a little half gate to show his one leg and there's a really dark music cue and it happens. (laughs) Oh, that! Lost that timber fighting brigands off Madagascar under Admiral Orc. There's many a man lost a leg and worse in the service of the king. I can't believe that this is the first version to include that little tiny sort of like story beat. Yeah, well, it's it's also... I mean, critically, it's also after they've had this sort of like fun, get to know you, we're friends now segment where it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. this guy is totally a straight up. I, I love this. I exactly. like, I like this guy. And then it's revealed that he's a man. He's the man with one leg that Billy bones played by <laughs> Billy Conley beautifully. Uh, um, yeah. warned them of. 
It's also the one where Billy Bones is, is explicitly not drinking himself to death and just has a heart attack because he's scared. Uh... That's fair, but I would well, imagine it's clear that alcohol has contributed to his. Oh, for sure, for sure. But Oliver in, in Reed's in, death in uh, in the nineteen ninety version is Gladiator. clearly. I, <laughs> it, well, it certainly mirrors his real death. Mm-hmm. Of I've drink yeah. I, I drank so much rum that my blood is now rum, and I can't work with my when with my blood is oh. rum. It's Who was it that was so, talking so about it, method it, acting? <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it, so it doesn't help that that the the two movies that we're talking about today are Disney properties because in Treasure Planet. Mm. Billy Bones does not die of any booze at all either. He also dies of probably a heart attack. That, that's a whole other thing. We'll get to that. We got. We'll, 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 we'll get that's, there. But. I don't know what's going to happen there, but but broadly, broadly, Muppets Muppets Treasure Island follows pretty much the same beats that the rest of the Treasure Island uh, movies that we've talked about so far have, um, but very broadly. I mean. It's yeah. it's uh, in this Jim Hawkins is not alone. He has two sort of surrogate brothers in Gonzo and Rizzo the rat. When they find the map, they go into town and find the Trelawney's um, himself uh, themselves. And the, uh, the Trelawney that they find is not the Trelawney of the story, but his idiot son that has a man that lives in his finger, which. Yep. Is that I a Fozzie gag? Is that, I like, was going to ask, is so that a Fozzie thing? What Frank is that? Oz thought that was the stupidest thing in the world oh, when cool. they, they pitched it. And he wasn't present to actually do the, the Muppeteering for Fozzie, so he had to dub his lines over. But then by the time that he had done the lines and everything, thought that it was one of the funniest parts of the film. That's interesting. It, it, what's funny is, is not the bit. What's funny is well, Kermit saying, Your finger hired the crew? No, that's silly. The man who lives in my finger hired the crew. It's a dumb um, concept that's made better by performance and by building on the bit as you go. Yeah. Yes. I, I I do really like, I know they have to be in it, but I do like including Gonzo and Rizzo as like additional gyms in a mm-hmm. way. Movie comes real yeah. close to being like, can so, anyone else see them? It's It goes real close to that. Well, but they, 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 the same there. formula that they, that they did in Muppets Christmas Carol. Uh, yeah. This, yeah this movie, I think it works really well. This movie is they, very much trying to replicate the success of Muppets Christmas Carol to, to the extent that it opens with the same sort of like life is hard for us poor folk song. Yeah. And you don't see the, the person that they're singing about until the very end. It's a Ma- Hans Zimmer and, banger, man. <laughs> oh, okay. It, it's, you said the magic dude, words. We have to talk about the, the fucking that orchestral opening, elephant in the room. Holy shit. For, for anyone... I feel like we say this all the time from fucking live on Broadway, but for anyone playing the home game... Yeah. The opening of this... This movie kicks in with such a flex of yeah. a theme. No, yeah. It's not it's not fair, really. It's it's honestly I, I've said this before. This theme without any changes to it would work full on as the Pirates of the Caribbean theme. Just yeah. Yeah. just copy, paste, right in the movie, just start it with this. Like it is such it's like, a good It's like it's like Hans Zimmer is the only uh, uh, orchestral person that, that that knows what to do with horns. The the man it's has a horns. way with horns. I mean horns. James Horner did know a lot about <laughs> What to do with horns? And I'm I'm not even uh, being no, cheeky with no, that. I want to. I want the boo box. I want it. No, no, because the I'm not being box. cheeky. <laughs> the boo box. 
<laughs> yes. All right, but then go listen to the Star Trek II soundtrack and tell me I'm wrong. Um, Is that the one that sounds like, uh, what's the other score he did that that sounds like? Aliens, uh, but Aliens came out yeah. afterwards, so he was no, really just aping off yeah. of Star Trek 2. Um, yeah. But yes, Hans Zimmer is is bringing his A-game to, to this Muppet film. <laughs> and it, it, it rocks. It's, it's On top <coughs> of greatly written songs, like the songs are fantastically written. Yes. And then Hans Zimmer's orchestration in the background. I don't know how, how much you guys paid attention to like the music, the actual music happening underneath the songs. It's yeah. wildly good. Um, yeah. He, the, 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 the something better song, the, uh, basically this movie's I want song yeah. to quote, uh, mm-hmm. what's his name from all the early Disney movies. Um, Howard Ashman, uh, is, really effective and i know it's cheesy and the guy has a really high-pitched voice but like it is a super solid like as good an i want song as as any disney movie really provides like it is that that good there's gotta be something better than this something more than i know there's so much out there to see Having Gonzo and, and Rizzo be this sort of like chorus underneath it, this yeah. commentary to it, to so, sort of show the difference between like where Jim's at and everything else. This is, a, I think, this is a really effective Jim and a really like dynamic. Yeah, I was going to say two notes about the whole Jim Hawkins situation was that originally they were going to just have um, Gonzo and Rizzo be Jim Hawkins, and then they figured they needed to have some sort of a human element yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah but the actor who played jim kevin bishop uh his voice changed during production so they had to use prior recordings of him for all of his singing bits wow i thought that makes because sense. of how this how this series has been going that you were going to say he like killed himself when he was no he's he's alive <laughs> and kicking he seems to have yeah had i've a, seen a him fairly... in something else he honestly yeah i used to make fun of this performance a lot and this this actor playing this jim he's pretty perfect yeah. in this for yeah. what they give him and what he's got to do he, that there's something about there's a whole school of acting about like acting with Muppets and what's different about that and how you have to play it to bridge the gap between realisms and yeah. Tim of which Curry, Tim Curry's a master, a master. Billy, yeah. <laughs> Tim Curry Billy Connolly and this kid are all just Billy Connolly right acting with Muppets is my new favorite thing. It really is. <laughs> it's pretty great. How how drunk do you think Billy Connolly is? Billy Connolly grabbing Gonzo by the nose and calling him hose nose in that uh-huh. yeah. in that Billy Connolly Scottish brogue. I want to make it my ringtone. <laughs> I'm I'm not convinced that that's that is like off script that he just did that. <laughs> No, because he's pretty bloated and sweaty and stuff. He might have been drunk too. <laughs> like doing I I think he was uh, three sheets to the wind, shall we say? Speaking of the music, though, there is a, there is one moment in the, um, the 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 bounding main song where they're talking about you know we'll go sailing for adventure anywhere yes. the wind is blowing. Tim Curry gets a solo in that section. Yeah, and it's the least Tim Curry singing thing I've ever heard. It sounds fucking awful. The stars will be our compass wherever we may roam, and our mates will always be just like a family. And though we may put into port, the sea is always home. 
And, and I, I, sent te- I sent Peter a text about this earlier because his wife is an expert, and I also texted her. And Peter, what were the conclusions that we came to? Yeah, so so my my, my wife, uh, who who is an expert in such things, uh, is convinced that uh, when they shot this, that they did not like uh, Tim Curry's singing voice, and so they she she thinks like just for that part, that's not actually Tim Curry singing. Yeah. They brought in somebody else to do the ADR the, to make it sound a little bit more operatic. That yeah. tracks. Something's also wrong with his. His timing is ever so slightly off in both that part and in Professional Pirate a little bit. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Professional Pirate is definitely him singing. Oh, no, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think that I think that line was too. I think they just re-recorded it later. It might have just been where his voice was at that day. Yeah. It's it's, um, it's, it's weird for that for that solo. It sounds like he it does sound like he comes in like a beat late. And he's something's trying to off. catch up. Something's off. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um one other thing I wanted to flag while we're talking about Jim. There is a moment where they wanted to show like how Jim and Long John Silver are getting along, and the moment is Jim steals Long John Silver's crutch and like hops away with it. And Long <laughs> John Silver has to hobble after him. Such a dick move in today's world. <laughs> yeah, uh, can you imagine stealing a crippled person's like wheelchair, wheeling away, laughing, and then being like, "Oh, they're just like crawling towards you like a fucking mermaid out of water, like going after it, like." That's not okay. Also, this this Hispaniola seems to be less busy overall than than the other two Hispaniolas. It's not the Hispaniola in this movie. Did you guys? Yes. No. Oh no! What is it called? There's a moment where Fozzie Bear says the Hispaniola. So, is it? Uh, I the, maybe it's, the maybe I'm Treasure Planet has a different planet. name, and we'll get to that. But it's Treasure Planet. Never mind. <laughs> That's the I, 1950s version. <laughs> Let me. Uh, yeah. No, because because um, um, Fozzie saying the Hispaniola is like burned into my brain anytime I hear. Yeah, no, I I got I got this confused with Treasure Planet. Carry on. Long John Silver's lets you skip your trip to the same old same old and indulge in the different new different new, like our classic Alaskan cod and shrimp basket for just five ninety nine. Change up what you're used to at Long John Silver's. Uh, another scene I think is. I really loved how it was written. It's one of those moments where it's like, it's a scene where you never think you would just tune out as a kid, but watching it now, the first scene with Jim and uh, the first kind of like alone scene with Jim and Long John Silver where it's at night, they're out on the bow and they're looking at the stars. Kind of a beautiful scene. I really love it. It's a gorgeous scene. Uh, I, I cannot believe how much it tugged at my heartstrings. The little, the, the amount of like, changes in beats and what what motivations are and where where long john silver is because like the fun of this is like at this point you know long john silver as a character from all these different versions and like just being a person alive like you know what he's going to do so you get to see him sort of like the way he tries to sway the conversation into a place where he can gain information and then the music underneath there's the the very subdued treasure island theme that's playing under it and he's got that line where he's got like like oh long john silver got to thinking about why we'd be sailing southwest yeah great line kind of weird because you're in london what other direction is there to sail (laughs) i don't sure but it's bristol but yes yeah uh whatever whatever rust whatever uh but like like and and for a version that this is the most long john silver is 
almost Satan out of all four of these versions, right? Yeah. This is yes. the most evil Long John Silver. It's just the laugh. Uh, it's because Tim Curry literally played Satan. It's, <laughs> ugh, God, but you, even but in now that, the evil in that scene you can see it in that scene you can see the moment where his heart breaks for for Jim. Oh God, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the part when he gives, that when he gives works, him the compass back, you know, that is wonderful the way they play it. But the fact that uh, and I forgot about this where it's like I remember there was a bit where like they both relate that their dads were first mates, but I forgot that Tim Curry says it first without knowing. Jim's is going to say it. So it's like, had he said it second, I would have been like, oh, he's lying. He's just, you know, but the fact that he like admitted it is like, it's pretty sweet. Like, like this is the closest you can get to like wanting to hug Tim Curry in anything. Well, Um, the the thing that I've loved the most about watching all of these movies is the duality of Long John Silver. Yeah. Yeah. Because he is a guy that has a mission and he's used to being a professional criminal, essentially. But also he's a guy that has a big heart. Not only does he have a heart, he has a big heart. Like he feels, you know, he feels for everybody to a certain extent, but for this kid in particular. Yeah. Which is the thing about Long John Silver as a character, right? And and we kind of talked about this in the first episode, but like the 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 the, one of his core things is that he's not a bad guy and and you're sort of wrestling as an audience member the entire time as as to whether or not you're rooting for him. Yeah. Yep. And 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 I think Tim Curry does an excellent job of really walking that line of like, I hate this dude, but at the same time, he loves Jim so much and like would protect him even though he would also probably kill him for the treasure so (laughs) no i I don't think he i i don't think there's any version of of the the ones we've watched where he would actually ever kill jim hawkins for anything no no i think he i think he'd let he would like sacrifice not sacrifice himself but he would like be fine being shackled and whatnot um how does everyone feel about the cabin fever number I I love it. What's wrong with? I kind of love it for a moment that, like, generally in movies like that, where like the plot literally grinds to a halt. And my big, I have a huge pet peeve of musical numbers in movies that don't progress the plot, Mm -hmm. and it's just like singing about a beat. No songs in this progress the plot, and I love every. The songs are just so perfectly written in this. But in Cabin Fever, more than any of the other ones, is like. We literally are taking kind of an an intermission, but it's also grounded in this like idea that like we haven't had any wind for five days, which is like a which, serious. Is that like, a sailing. thing? Yeah, it's called dead calm. Okay, I wanted to. Yeah. Um, okay, I wanted to ask you. Yeah, it's just when there's. Yeah, I mean, there's. I think there's a movie called Dead Calm, but yeah. it, that, that's the that's the sailing term when, um, literally the wind stops blowing and you don't know when it's going to start start up again. Yeah. Um, apparently it's not all that common, but it can happen. It happens but, in Master and Commander. There you go. Yeah. A, yeah. Mo- yeah. a movie that I that I um, have not seen. The Bull Box. What? Frank Frank's yeah. about to walk away from this episode right now. No, I haven't. I, I really enjoyed your give it five episode about it, but I haven't I haven't seen it. You listened to the episode that I haven't seen. It. <laughs> Connor, oh my over. god! I got my five point one system. I got my my projector. We will watch Master. I Man. don't know if there is a better movie out there that you haven't seen. There might. I might we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out when I Connor might admits to not having seen that. Star Wars. <laughs> um, wh- speaking of the cabin fever scene, though, 
has my favorite line of lyric in the whole movie, which is, now that we're all here, we're not all there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. The Cabin Fever song oh, also became much gig. more prescient after the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like it yeah. was a song that was always in my brain. Like I, I for I definitely remember months. watching the YouTube video of Cabin Fever like into day 10 of quarantine. Yeah. Like it 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 just it's it hits different now. Yeah. That 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 <laughs> wide shot of the boat where it's at night and the there's the spotlights sort of coming in Ballyhooing. Oh, I, I love that. Oh. Yeah. Let's talk about the vac- the rats on vacation. Piece the cruise. Of it's a cruise. It's a Caribbean it's so cruise. Good. More than any other time I've watched this movie, I loved those cutaways. Oh, it's Oh yeah. yeah. It's a delight. The, I mean, the part where they're all slow dancing at night and the one they're like trying to confess their love and then they just start making out and then it, it's just like panning past. It's, them a, it's, it's, it's a very intricate tracking shot along the, 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 the like along the deck of the ship and then up the stairs. That music is burned well, in my brain. That, so, like, so all of all of that music I have christened as pirate jazz. Yeah. And I, I want just more of that in my life. It, it's I specifically like the, the, the whole Caribbean cruise angle and everything. It's all of this stuff that gets thrown in for the adults that are watching the yes. movie that we didn't sure. pick up on when we were kids. Like, like there's little throwaway lines like the when they're going to give the black spot to Long John Silver and the his his. Uh, his his shrimp lobster friend he tells the goat give it to him and the goat guy goes but it's not even his birthday <laughs> and the, like the, little the, little the, th- the, the <coughs> polly the crab yeah polly, polly the yeah. crab yeah, yeah yeah polly the crab is great the most like this the, the most this joke is for the adults in the audience moment of the whole movie which i haven't seen this movie as an adult so it took me completely by surprise and charmed the pants off of me was when they're going through uh, through Billy Bones' uh, sea chest, and they pull out a book by Kissinger. Oh, Henry Kissinger! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> On foreign policy, I was just like, "It's yeah. hey, uh, his it." I think yeah. the reason for that, his daughter, I think, was a producer or something on the film, and oh. so that's why they oh. threw the book. Oh, in there. Yeah. I like it less. Yeah, but still. Um, I mean, but I think it's hilarious. This movie is a, this two, movie is a series things, of highs and lows. Because we're, we're, yeah. we're firing on all cylinders now. Speaking of the pirate jazz, one of my favorite musical cues in this is right before the professional pirate number where it like, it like tracks onto the island and the band's already set up and they're playing that like, I, I can't even explain it. It's just a nice little piece. And then the band, they're, the band's like, hey, what side are we on? They're like, ah, don't worry about it, man. Just keep playing. It's just fun. play the gig, man. Gig is a gig. Yeah. Get involved. Get politics. Um, Which that's also I, like a very adult like joke thing. Also, the, the, the part with Polly handing them the uh, black spot, I love the way Clueless Morgan is the name of the like cow where he's like, this is for you. <laughs> His delivery is really like every time I watch it, I, I really enjoy that character well, more and more. That segment where they're doing the um, the roll call, the roll call of oh, the, oh, yeah. of of the pirates and pivotal it's, to this version. It, yeah, you have to have it. You, you have, have to have, to have it. that. I mean, it's a back does, and forth does, that does Frank everyone... and I have had for for the better part of like a decade. Is is old Tom, <laughs> really old Tom? Dead Tom. Dead Tom's dead. Long John killed him 
But Dead Tom's always been dead. That's why he's called Dead Tom. Uh-huh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> just the sound of all the bones. Like, clearly all the bones fall apart as soon as it hits the ground. You know that. You but that whole, that, that is stuck with me since I first watched this movie 25 yeah. years ago. I want to call out an actor who uh, I now admire the hell out of. Um... I can't read my handwriting because oh no, uh, Peter uh, Peter Greaves Peter Greaves Peter Greaves plays a character character named Sweet Pea, who is the bald fella. Oh, um, actually looks a lot like good. Peter. Oh but yeah, he kind of does. Um, that man commits the fuck to the bit of this movie, and, including during the cabin fever scene where he's in like a Chiquita banana kind of getup, and he's got like maracas yeah, he's and he's dancing around. Like he definitely has an uh, he definitely has a what the fuck am I doing here? Sort of air about him. Wait, but it works. You said, for the movie. What's it, what did you say his name is? Sweet Pea. Oh, in real life, Peter Greaves. No, no. What's the character's name in the movie? It's Sweet. not Sweet Pea. It's much better than Sweet Pea. Oh, uh, I don't know. What, what is, is it? I have it written down as Sweet Pea. Black Eyed Pea. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> well, I mean, he does have the, the black makeup around I his know. eyes, so I fair. Yeah. yeah, that's great. He's also the one I think during Professional Pilot who's who does the Brando impersonation. He's yeah, he does. he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does the yeah. like, yeah. like I I don't know I anything feel like about all this of man. His lines are dubbed with different other people doing the voice though. I I I've always kind of thought he's some it's only whatever because he's, is needed. It's yeah. only because he's only he ever talking like during musical bits. They were missing a guy and they pulled a grip like out of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> and put him in pi- and like put him in pirate clothes and yeah. makeup and was just like you're just gonna be back here and then as they were shooting the movie they realized oh fuck he has to be in the Captain yeah. Fever scene he has to be but, in but the movie all, all of all of the like live the actual people who are pirates in this movie look exactly like that yeah, they, look they look like good. just the bearded guys yeah, yeah. Yes. well they're they're, they're and they they I don't know who they are but some of them are the actual voice actors of the Muppets. Oh, okay. Like that the guy, the guy that plays the uh, the the butler for um, the Trelawneys is mm-hmm. um, a longtime Muppet. <laughs> He's player. good. He's good too. Um, yeah. One other line talking about something that you like, you laugh at as an adult, but not as a kid. I've never laughed at. I've seen this movie two hundred times. I've never laughed at this except this time. Was when. Uh, Sam the Eagle, which is the best Mr. Arrow. By f- this is exactly what I wanted, Mr. Arrow. Yeah. When Sam the Eagle is, uh, he is yelling at somebody about like, if because you haven't done this, we're going to string you up and flog you for the rest of the night. And Kermit's like, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. Sam the Eagle turns <laughs> and it's just like, I was anticipating your whim, sir. Like, <laughs> It, it's, it's the it, it really is the I was anticipating your whim was is yeah is it's gold what sells that it's, I love that yeah. that his response can we talk about Kermit as as let's uh, talk about Kermit as as uh, Smalley <laughs> let us hear right back to where we belong we, we neither of us can do Miss Piggy so we're both doing Kermit <laughs> <laughs> you did a little bit of a, you did a little bit of Miss Piggy there. That song weirdly got to me. I got weirdly emotional during that scene. I, I remember, uh-huh. I as a kid, I fast forwarded to that song, yeah. but I really yeah, liked no, it that's the song. That's yeah, that's the love song which you are not interested in. But now as an adult, you're I've like, I've always found it fascinating that like I, I'm I'm guessing it's a green screen or something, but like they're upside down, they're in full view, and they're still operating the Muppets. Yeah, yeah I was so, like, paying attention to that. I don't understand how it happened. 
it's uh, it's it's got to be green ski- screen or, or like fixed and post or, or something. Yeah. Well, the but one like- that definitely messed with me is the fact that they're singing in the same shot where she falls. And yeah. You're like, yeah. Where is your hand? What and happened? that that, that yeah. fall and catch moment is one of the most right. beautifully like organized shots of puppetry I've ever seen. Just and the and the pan up to his eyes of just bugged out. Yeah. On. Oh, the the oh, eye work great. is great in the movie. There's a moment very, at the very beginning that I never caught as a kid, where Gonzo says we're going to be rich and he has little money signs in his eyes. Oh, oh God, I love that. And Rizzo that. says we're going to uh, be dead and he has little crosses on his eye. Uh, that that <laughs> I love that. Um, but imagine the the setup that is required for just that like five second gag. Oh yeah, you gotta yeah. make you gotta, yeah. make, you gotta cut new, you gotta cut new ping pong balls in half. Yeah, um, <laughs> Peter, I got a question for you. Yeah, I got a question for that you. Tell me. This is this is uh-huh. off this is off the topic of Captain Smollett. How how do you feel about Long Gonzo? Don't 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 care for it. <laughs> I don't care for Eldritch Gonzo. What is um, this? So, when so he gets when, stretched. When, you remember after when when they, they put Gonzo on the rack? rack? No, I I know, but why is why why is Long Gonzo treating Peter poorly? Listen, Frank. Oh, no. There there are things in this world that are not natural. <laughs> and like Muppets? The Muppets are one of them, Peter. That shut up. <laughs> Gonzo being stretched out. Fine, I can accept. Gonzo freely moving his arms while sitting on a barrel, just like picking stuff off of people, is not natural. I, I, I don't, and I don't I care don't for know it. why. But something in the almost 15 years that we've known each other said to me while I was watching this movie last night that you would be particularly upset by Long Gonzo. Don't care for it. <laughs> uh, it, it it's, and it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I can I can get through it, but at the same time, it's not my preference. I, I th- th- there's a certain natural order to the world, and that that is not one of them. Peter, and, uh, you're I, you're I gonna have, have a kid, man. You gotta <laughs> you gotta you gotta get this. Can't be what slows you down. <laughs> Long Gonzo cannot be. Uh, new trivia. New trivia bit. What is Captain Flint's first name in this version of the movie? Oh, I feel I feel like I clocked it, but then I Miss Piggy it. says it randomly out of nowhere, and it just stuck with me, so I wrote it down. Oh yeah, because she implies that she's hooked up with yeah. yeah. The only movie say, in cinema history where Tim Curry fucks a pig. So far. Well, uh, no. What's what's uh, what's his name? Bernie Flint. Bernie. Oh. Bernie Flint. Bernie. It feels like a 1970s <laughs> movie about like what the f- the first homosexual U.S. Rep- House of Representatives <laughs> candidate or something. Oh, like God. <laughs> Bernie Flint. It's in black Bernie and Flint. white, even there though it's the 70s. A word about Muppet combat. <laughs> I wouldn't expect a sword fight with Muppets to be compelling because you just think you know ar- you know arm on like with the little sticks, just sort of like waving a sword. Yeah. Actually, compelling Muppet combat. I think the sword fight between uh, to, between Kermit and uh, Long, and uh, Tim Curry is as good as any sword fight we've seen thus far in the uh, Treasure Island movies we've been watching. Yeah, I guess so. When he's like cutting all the buttons off of off of his coat and like, cuts yeah, he's just like humming. Yeah, it's great. Also, the first I, time I've ever noticed there's this weird quiet gag where all the heroes start wearing this like swashbuckly <laughs> like puffy shirt. I was going to bring Miss that Maggie? up at the very end. What yeah. was that? 
I don't know what that was. Is that just like you? That's what you wear when you're like swashbuckling, like eventually in the movie. It's the layer of yeah. Muppet. It's yeah. really subtle. Um, I had a lo- way too long of a conversation because Amanda w- came in and out of this one watching with me. Who? I, I, Amanda just left to walk the dog. She's not a Muppet fan, and I don't know what to do oh, about this because you're marrying her. You're marrying her. I don't really. Yeah, I know. I don't know what to do. Okay, just relax. listen. Stop. Stop. She's. Come, I think she's coming. I think she's coming. We're, we're a safe haven Muppet state. Yeah, that's, I don't not, understand. that's not true. She uh, not true. she hates Harry Potter and Muppets, and uh, huh. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I could I could see one, but not the other. <laughs> um, but there is the part where they find the native pigs on the island. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they are like Long John Silver shoots at one of them, and he's like, "Oh, you have boom boom sticks," and they all scatter. Yeah. Yeah. And Amanda and I had a long talk about whether or not that was racist. Yeah. And I I don't know I mean, where I land. It certainly it emerges kind of from is, a, but they're also pig puppets. I don't know where we are. It certainly emerges from a racist trope, which is I think what yes. we're uncomfortable with. Yeah. Which is almost immediately deflated when the chieftain uh announces himself as spat um. Yeah. Yes. And the boom. Which apparently yeah. was the subject of a lawsuit. <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah Hormel, yeah, they they sued them, and then like the judge that threw it out was like, you would think they would want to associate spam with something that even remotely implies pig. <laughs> oh, that's fucking good. <laughs> I also like that they bring that's back the, the, the singing statues for the boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka, boom shakalaka. God, I love that. Boom. That's a great moment. I don't even know, I still don't to this day know why that's so funny them sort of like slowly changing the song. I don't think you can analyze that. I think no. it's just a thing where it's like the smartest person in the world is like, I don't fucking, it's fucking stupid, but that's I, just the magic of comedy. Sometimes yeah. stupid yeah. things are funny. It was impressive that they used a real elephant with, with all of okay. those Muppets Another around. Another thing I was talking to her about, I'm like, I think that's a real elephant on stage right now. It's a hundred percent. Right. Elephant. Okay. Okay. Really impressive. Um, one other thing I noticed this time I hadn't seen, this is kind of like a, I haven't seen this one in a long time because um, I'm marrying a sea witch who doesn't like the Muppets <laughs> at all. So I can't. <laughs> tell, tell us how you really feel, Frank. <laughs> I feel like we should bring that term back. That's great. A sea witch? A sea witch. So it's, it could not be more mean. Um, so early on in the movie, Gonzo has this throwaway line where they're like, oh, this feels, this feels weird, doesn't it? And he's like, yeah, because my pants are filled with starfish or something. Yeah. Just something Gonzo would always say. Then in the final battle, I never noticed this before, he whips out starfish from his sides and just starts throwing them like ninja stars. Yes. I can't believe I can't believe that was set up and paid off. Yeah. That was great. Listen, it's a deceptively smart movie. Yeah. Muppet movies Deceptive. are 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 weirdly magical like that because they are I mean Yeah. Again, like it's one of those things when you're a kid, you take it pretty seriously, but then you, as an adult, you realize it's as ridiculous as an airplane movie. You yeah, know? and like the, yeah. the the Treasure Island of it all is almost sort of secondary to the to once the, they get to, the, to the, the island. Oh yeah, the book's thrown out the window. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's no yeah. yeah there's no much. there's no seat. There's no there's no sieges. There's no battles. There's basically a parallel thing of. Yeah, the Captain Smollett and a few of the crew having was essentially the Ewok section of Return of the Jedi. Oh yeah, and, yeah, that's, that's what that is. And, I did uh, like the the I I kind of miss this the like 
at night the lights go out and then all you can see are eyes and then a lot of eyes oh, show. Up. That's oh, great. Yeah. How many times how many times have we seen that in our lives? That's great. Well, it's, but the thing is it's always done in animation. It's rarely ever done Yeah. in like a live no, action context. Yeah, this is one this is probably the only live action I've ever seen that gag done. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Uh, that Mr. Arrow shows up in the Deus Ex Machina way is great. Love that. Oh, yeah. love that. Love that. Um, I also love the final joke where he says there's the, one of the dinghy boats is gone and it's the it was dangerously unsafe. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's dangerously uh, unmaintained. Um, Mrs. Uh, Bulveridge, the lady that runs the bar at the very beginning, mm-hmm. um, in her Muppet fight where she's literally just punching Muppets. I don't think we've ever seen that before, and I th- and I think it's great. No, it's great. It's great she's innovation bowling in- Muppets. <laughs> like she's like she... knocking them, and you hear like pinfall sound effects. <laughs> yeah, it's great. She has uh, one of my favorite music cues in the movie when she's just beating the crap out of them. I was gonna play it as like the outro of when we're done with this movie, but like, do we have anything else to say? Or are we how does she to- do that? How does, how she, does do she do that? Long John Silver's is the only place that fries Alaskan whitefish to a golden perfection and serves it with fries for under two bucks. Take that, every other restaurant. Sink your teeth into fish and fries, price perfection, only at Long John Silver's. I mean, as far as the Treasure Island thing goes, they have they got the Jim Long John Silver relationship down. Yeah. Not so much the Jim Captain Smollett relationship down. This is good. They're good in this where um and and this has a really good addition. Another great addition they have, where uh, Captain or well, Long John Silver brings brandy to the cabin, and oh, that Smollett stick is, is like no alcohol. Oh, it's great so scene. funny. That's a great scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and the well, throwing and, out and, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Fozzie, there's a great yeah. gag where it's you're like you're you're taking the paint off of the, the shuffleboard, shuffleboard court, which <laughs> yeah. is great. Yes, but also Fozzie like is perfectly used in this movie. Yes, perfectly. Yeah. I, and also, based off of all of the reading that I have done, this is a role that Tim Curry thoroughly enjoyed to to play. Yeah. So you, I'm, you and think I so. think you can tell. Yeah. You you got you got oh shit! Give me one second. Give me one second. I'm gonna do a call. I'm gonna do a call back to fix it. Like what? Cutthroat Island. I have this. I mean, he always has that sound bite. You gotta love it. You gotta love a Franklin. You you gotta love it when a Franklin Jello shows up to play. I'm gonna send you a clip I of Franklin Jello saying, it. "I love it. I I love it." I just don't have it on my that's on fair. my on my board. The bull box. <laughs> the bull box. <laughs> um, I'm so glad we watched this one. Yeah, for the third one, I was very excited about. Well, especially so, the contrast between the first two, which are again essentially the similar. same movie, um, but also very faithful to the books. And this is more using um, Cuthbert yeah. Allen as a venue yeah. for jokes. And it's the first departure in in our series away from like the core story. Yeah. It's missing some of the beats. It kind of does some of its own thing, especially with like Mister Arrow and uh, Benjamina Gunn. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it kind of does its own thing, but it's all in the service of the Muppets, which I'm absolutely willing to overlook. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Not so much in our next movie. Well, I was going to say, speaking of departures from the source material.
Let guys. us leave Earth orbit. We're in the home stretch. Who picked this Treasure one? Treasure Matt. Matt, I mm. think. Treasure yeah. Planet. And Matt and I really? are... You had to ask. <laughs> we are very big proponents of this score to mm. Treasure Planet. I think it's I think it's one of James Newton Howard's best. I'm sure Matt agrees. And I realized to this time watching it that that's kind of all I like about this movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> I I could not believe how much this one just washed over me this time. There are times where it comes in and out a little bit, but like there are parts early on where and it's it if we hadn't have done this sort of like marathon of them, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. But the fact that I don't know. I think the 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 way they handled the Billy Bones chunk kind of like I I get checked out with and then we can get into it. But, but, but I think it depends on how, how you feel about Billy Bones, but yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's it, but I, I I like Billy Bones getting to be if, kind of like the worst father figure a little bit to if, start. Oh, I was going to say, if Billy Bones were played by Oliver Reed in this film, I would also be kind of pissed about it, but I, less yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Matt, the helm is yours. Yeah. Steer us towards the treasure planet. Treasure Planet was uh, directed by the fathers of the Disney Renaissance, John Musker and Ron Clements. So um, they did Great Mouse Detective. And then when they were trying to pitch Little Mermaid, this was the other concept that they pitched at the same time. Um, this was their passion project, wasn't it? Yes, this, this was, was their like passion they, they project, which they finally those, got around to doing. But, but I'm, those poor motherfuckers got strung along for almost 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but at the same time, they the, the the things that they kept getting strung along are way better than Treasure Planet. They did Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hercules, and then Treasure Planet. It, I think they have a rough record with the animated films that they do that are not musicals, because I think Great Mouse Detective also gets kind of lumped into this like rough around the edges Disney animated movie, and it's in that it's it begins the for lack of better parlance that's not naval the doldrums of uh, Disney's animated phase where like a lot of m- millennials were starting to check out and they. Pixar thing was starting to, to really pick up. So yes. less less eyes were on their product. Everybody says that it's a box office bomb, but it like I understand the budget was 140 million. It still made 110 million. It's not like nobody saw this movie. <laughs> um and I mean, I I am a sucker for a good space romp, and I don't mind yes. some of the the uh, liberties that it takes with the story. Yeah. Um, the voice cast is solid. I yeah, think I mean, the movie's excellent. Honestly, I think this is. I, I think visually, it's it's muscular, some of Musker and Clemens's best work. It's it's clearly an amalgamation of everything that they had learned making all of those movies. I mean, the the space surfing thing is ve- is very sort of calling back to the magic carpet and Aladdin. Yeah, um, one jump. Yeah, but I found the whole thing. I I was actually. Um, kind of entranced by the whole, I like, I, I never touched my phone watching this movie, it, 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 which I certainly did watching Muppet, Muppet's Treasure Island. Um, 
I think the portrayal of um, Long John Silver is actually one of the most heartbreaking of the oh ones God, that we've yes. seen so far. It's it's a good one, and and it's the one that reminds me the most of the one from the 1950s yeah. version. Yeah, I I mean this this um, Long John Silver I think is might be my favorite in his portrayal, um, hmm. just by virtue of the the pathos that he applies to the whole thing. You feel him being more tortured and more more. Um, really in his head than the rest of the portrayals. This is definitely the softest of the four that that we've sort of covered and and the one that, um, and he, I mean, out of all of these, he has the sweetest send off at the end with everything like that. Like it it gets you like it really does. I don't, I'm don't, I don't mean to just come off like a hater with this movie. I just, there was something about watching it this time where I think I really, I don't know why I had a hard time with, where they decided to put the line between 1700s like like naval stuff and futuristic stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I just know. couldn't I get past it. I'm I just was like why does it have to look so much like a old school man of war frigate? Matt, I'm really curious on your thoughts on that as our sort of resident sort of yeah. s- naval sci-fi guy. I mean um I, I I dug it. I like the the steampunk angle that they approach this with because they're not trying to be hard science fiction. It's not trying to be a true like because th- this came out what like two years removed from Titan AE, and there's to me there's mm. a lot of similarities between the two properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially sure. with their portrayal of Jim Hawkins with relation to um, Matt Damon's character in that film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was Matt Damon. The the thing that makes it work it's it's for me with science fiction is. All you need to make it good is, is give me something tangible to latch onto. And with me, it was, oh, they're all solar sail ships. And so, yeah. like, you're just like, yeah. oh, okay. So, yeah, totally. This works. And this world no, that, then yeah. works for me. Um, so, I I love the idea of, like, having these tall ships sailing throughout the vacuum of space. And, like, f- I don't give a shit about the vacuum of space and everybody's got to wear spacesuits and stuff. It's like, if, if we could excuse it for star Wars, we can excuse it for 90 minutes of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, the only thing I'm disappointed in is I love the ship design for like every other ship, except for the ship that we spend the most time really? on, which is the oh, RMS RLS legacy legacy. RLS. You're right. The Robert Louis Stevenson legacy. Yes. The RLS. Oh, I just got that. Legacy. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I like yeah. that. What, which is weird because I would pay for a model of that ship. So the design of the ship, I don't have a problem with. I think you saying steampunk, steampunk actually made me realize kind of where I hold back on. Where it's like, if this, if everything was the same look, but instead of like wood and rope, it was like iron and chains, I could get on board. I think it's the fact that it's like, I don't know why it has to, just the material has to look so classic versus everything else to it. The, hmm. the sales are for the, like, I think that's the thing where it's like, I just, I just want this to be a little more sci-fi. I don't know. The I just, captain I, I is maybe, a cat, Frank, <laughs> but, but it's a cat in like the most traditional looking colonial kind of like, yeah, naval no, that's yeah. To it. Yeah. That part. I actually have less. That part, uh, breaks the illusion for me less than, the fact that the that the spaceships look 
exactly like sailing exactly ships. like ship like like regular ships like again it's like wooden wooden ropes is kind of I I, I want to like it I do I like I, I like yeah. I want to be I want to meet them where they're at like design I do. wise I, they're clearly yeah. having fun I want to be there I, with them yeah I don't know it doesn't that part doesn't bother me once once you you wrap your head around the fact of they are using solar sails mm-hmm. and like everything else kind of for me falls into place of like, well, I mean, fine, use rope. Like, I don't give a shit about that because we've established they aren't using like computers as we know them. The most technologically right. advanced thing that's in the entire movie is the star map. And it's this little like puzzle thing. And like that, I, I, I think speaks to the general aesthetic of the whole film of like, yeah. it's using pieces of a very physical mechanical world to display very fantastical science fictional things, which to me is still at the core of like the steampunk look. Yeah. I think the thing that I'm that I'm getting stuck on is that um, there is so much new stuff. Like, the, mm. like, the, like you're right. The star map is, a, is like a specifically designed thing that has rules. What I would, what I would love, especially because Jim's story, like that, that portion of Jim's story is like learning how to be a sailor. If yeah. they like fucked around a little bit and like made a new thing that was, that was, um, like the thing that Jim had, had to learn to be a competent sailor as opposed to like cleating yeah. a rope. Like that's something we're all sort of familiar with. But, I mean, Yes, I I, I, Connor. Yeah. Connor, you I, have I, seen Star Trek: Deep Space Nine's Explorers. Like you've seen the solar sail. Damn it! Wrong button. Sorry. Wrong button. God damn it! <laughs> Boop uh, And now, then you get, have to do the Star you know, Trek. You know the right button to hit now. Give me that line again. It's it's just like that Star Trek: Deep Space Nine episode, Explorers, Connor. Where like, I love how you think I'm going to cut all that out <laughs> and make that work. It, it, they do it. And maybe that's why it works for me because like that episode also resonates with me a lot of it's a Bajoran solar sail ship. And the concept is they're literally using sails to travel through space and they have Mm -hmm. to like pull ropes. And there's like, there are, um, there's the big, you know, turn wheel that you have to do. And like, you are pulling physical things to get this thing to move. Matt, Matt, there's no version of this that the solar, that it being a solar sail is not the, fulcrum of how this all works i think that yeah. is so cool and so fun i think the 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 issue for me is just a little well first of all it's just they throw you into such a world with so many things yeah that it's at no point am i like given because it's yeah, treasure island we just have to follow the beats of treasure island we're like okay there are dogs and cats and aliens and it's, all this stuff and like mm-hmm. we're like it's just it is it's so many you have to accept so many things so immediately that and i want to i love the moon spaceport piece with like the best rendition of the theme playing while you're pushing into it that i love all that that theme is a fucking star trek theme song like the to the spaceport oh, yeah. track is just yes. a star trek opening theme wonderful there's no there's no way I don't have play five iterations of that theme throughout the, this whole edit. So don't worry about it. But <laughs> there's something about I don't know. I just I just can't get past where the past ends and the future begins. Where it's like I don't I don't know. I just like why I understand they because so, it's, like, it's set because they don't give you an anchor yeah. for again lack so, of better so to speak. part. Yeah. yeah, is that like because yeah. it takes place on a planet that's not Earth. 
and we don't know the world and they haven't established too many of the rules. So you all, you do have to accept a lot of things at the same time. Yeah. And one of the golden rules of science fiction is like pick one thing that's that yeah. that the yeah. audience just has to suspend their disbelief on and then try to ground everything else. And this is definitely trying to do too much in terms of yeah. setting up the world in which these characters inhabit. I don't want to get hung up on this. It just feels like the parts that are old school looking are there superficially rather than That's a, the, that's what I was reaching for. Yeah. yeah that's fair. Yeah. 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 Which, you know. I want I want this movie to be exactly as it is and me to love it with that. I want swashbuckling on a classic looking pirate ship in space. Yeah. It's just something so I can't put my finger on what it does. Something it doesn't do early on. Something early it's, on it's doesn't a weird, quite connect. Uncanny Valley because mm. you you it's kind of like the Archer <coughs> thing where it, it, you don't really know what time it's supposed to be. Like, are we so far in the future that we've just reverted back to colonial clothing and that's in fashion, or is it just like yeah. this is how we evolved and this is an alternate timeline and we just like jump straight to space travel and. Like it's 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 a weird disconnect and it is a little distracting. I think we have to talk about the movie though. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So Matt, can you please help us be steered towards where this movie diverts and where I mean it's it's consistent. a plant instead of an island, Frank. Superficial. <laughs> no, I it's so uh we mostly it's kind of like renaming of characters. Um Dr. Doppler takes the place of both Squire Trelawney and Dr. Livesey, um, played lovely by uh, David Hyde Oh, Hi he Pierce. is kind of... Yeah, I didn't even connect that yeah. it was also Trelawney. Yeah, because he, he's Livesey. kind of a fop yeah. who's out of his depth. Again, trying not to use... He works. Well, and he finances the whole thing based on yes. his savings. Yeah, yeah. like, like yeah. that's... He works yeah. well... As a you know, as just a little bit more dynamic of a C three PO kind of piece yeah, to it. But I think for I the think most part, everybody that's in the film is pretty much playing to type the character that they are in the book. Um, the the names may change, but otherwise, like the characters, like I I know they changed Captain Smollett's name, but Emma Thompson is playing Captain Smollett. Like that's yes who she is. Um, Ad, Admiral Amelia or Captain Amelia? Right? It's Captain Amelia. She gets promoted to Admiral in the video game, which I realized existed now, and now I have to go find it so I can play it because that's who I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, but like, she's Captain Smollett. She is the by the book, like Royal Navy sailor, and Mister Arrow is two weeks from retirement, and like it's it's all following the tropes of it. It's just transposing it onto a science fantasy um uh canvas but i mean it it does where it it changes kind of how it wants to to play the story out like for me the most interesting disposal of mr arrow is is falling into a black hole like that whole sequence to yeah. me works mm, really well really, yeah um, really effective. and if we don't have rope we can't do the whole thing about tying lifelines <laughs> so like Little shit like that I works. Chains. I want chains. I just want ch- I, all these chains are too chains. loud. Um, I'll take it. But like little things like that, or or the fact that like uh, Flint became such a uh, successful pirate because he was using a Star Trek's Iconian gateway to. You said you spoke outside the mic. I don't know what that was. It, it was a, just... a, a, an Iconian gateway from the world of Star Trek ah. um, to to. <laughs> To, to 
plunder and pillage um, and yeah, become cool. the pirate that he is. And like that's that's the mechanism by which they are able to survive the entire ordeal. The fact that the spaceport you you pan looking at the crescent moon going, oh, that's a cute crescent moon. Then you go, oh, no, that's just the way that the spaceport is built. Like little changes and 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 artistic decisions like that. I love that. Yes. Uh, yeah. The design of the spaceport, it's, it's genius. Wonderful. I love that. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, like things like that where it, it is staying true to like the beats of the source material but decides to do its own twist on it. That's the stuff that I really enjoy. And that's the stuff that I remember. Tacos taste way better than dollar bills. So if you've got a dollar bill lying around, don't eat it. Get something different and delicious for your dollar at Long John Silver's. Our Alaskan whitefish taco with Baja sauce for just a dollar. Tuesdays only and only at Long John Silver's. Jim Hawkins is much older in this version than any of the other ones I yeah. feel. Even if even if age wise he's the same, he's playing it like he is a like about like he has his driver's license basically, and he's just fucking around. Like he he plays it like he's more sixteen, seventeen, a little bit. That's yeah. an interest. That's an interesting sort of generational thing for me. Um, the way he goes from like you know in the nineteen fifties, he's again like we said last episode, obviously a kid, but taken seriously by the adults around him. And then in the two thousand two version of the story. He is like a teenager that nobody believes in and like has to constantly prove himself. Yeah. Which is, I don't really have a conclusion to that. It's just an observation that I made. And I wonder yeah. what about culture sort of put him in that position. I mean, there's a little bit part of that that I kind of hits the point of what you were saying with it being generational of in, in the 1700s at the time, or even in the 1800s as the book was being written, like if you were 12, you might've been a midshipman at sea. Yeah. Um, something Connor would know if he had seen Master and Commander. Oh dear God, <laughs> Connor, you are going to be so upset. You only have what, like seventy years left of your life to watch Master and Commander. <laughs> it's going to um, blow. You. You're going to be so mad. You don't have a full life to watch this movie. But I think also it it points to the it like of the time. It's like 2002, and like if you are an elder millennial. And if you're one yeah. of us, it's like, yeah, you were 25 and you were still living in with, with roommates because like, that's just the way that you had to, to live. And like people or weren't taking, I live in your parents' basement or that. Um, but the boo box. <laughs> <laughs> or do they live in your attic? Uh, no, no. Oh, damn it. Um, but I, th I think that works. And I think that that's a, an, uh, uh, I think that's a useful change as far as like trying to yeah. to modernize it. Yeah. See, I I'm far more interested in that uh, upping J Jim's age than the uh, skin. I keep saying. Yeah. Of, no, I understand this, what you mean. Which I, also part of but, it is is straight up what I'm bringing to the table. Where I've always wanted a properly made steampunk movie, and steampunk is narrative cancer. I've probably said this on a bot. I don't know what it is. It it just immediately just nosedives whatever you're working on. Where I've I've always wanted like that aesthetic to be properly utilized, and it never has. So so this sort of like dipping its toe into the shallow end of that pool kind of like makes me feel like a missed opportunity a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, the, at the core of it is how well the story and the characters work. I realize that mm -hmm. like the plot beats change and things like that, but this I mean it it is. Yes, it's partly due to the score, but like it's part of the movie, so that that counts. Of the way yeah. that they construct the relationship between Jim and Long John Silver in this film, I think 
is the one that still hits closest to home for me. I would agree. What's the scene where they are like having a stare down when tent when like a battle's about to happen and like Jim turns away and looks sad and he turns like it, it's they when they're parlaying. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, the, yeah. It's, it's the negotiation yeah. scene that was in the other two movies where. Yes, but this is the most. This version is the most. They are actual friends. They they become real friends early on, and then the rest of the movie is them upset at having to not get to be friends versus a lot yeah. of versus yeah. the father figure element and mentor figure of some of the other ones we talk about. This is fault. Like it, it is sort of like. I really more than any of the other versions, I really want them to go on adventures together. Yeah, I mean, because it sets it up like even more specifically of like he gets stuck as the cabin boy with Long John Silver, and the neither yes. of them want anything to do with each other to start with. And then, of course, we have the great montage with the Google Dolls uh, lead singer, and then like he <laughs> learns the ropes of things, literally, and and you know they start to actually have some grudging respect for each other, and then you have the the fucking conversation after Arrow dies. Don't you get it? I screwed up. I mean, for two seconds, I thought that maybe I could do something right, but ah, I just, just forget it. Forget it. No, you listen to me, James Hawkins. You got the makings of greatness in you, but you gotta take the helm and charge your own course. Stick to it, no matter the squalls. And when the time comes, you get the chance to really test the cut of your sails and show what you're made of. Well, I hope I'm there, catching some of the light coming off you that day. And between the performance of the voice actors and the the animation and James Newton Howard's score, like it just it sells it for me um, in a way that some of the other movies don't. Yeah, it's good. I, I also forgot about the fact that neither of them want to be paired up together. This is the only version that does that. There's a bunch of stuff that like we could put a list together of all the stuff you'd. I would include in like my, like the version, it's not really my version, but like the version you'd, you'd make from here where it's like that piece where they don't want, like even Long John Silver's like, I have to run a pirate crew secretly. Like I don't want to deal with this cabin boy. Wonderful. Always include that in every version going forwards. The reveal of him having one leg from Muppet movie. Always include that going forwards. Blind Pew getting run over by horses. Yeah, <laughs> that's gotta be in there. Um, no, but, but for real, like that is... The makings of greatness is, oh man, I I my it's I hear his voice yes. in my head. The 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 rhythm of it. Yes, and and it only makes it even more heartbreaking, but understandable when Jim decides to let him go at the very end. And like, mm -hmm. I dare you, especially now that we've all had some drinks, I dare you not to listen to the, the Q Silver Leaves on the Treasure Planet soundtrack yeah. and not get a little bit choked up. What, this Q? <laughs> See? See? Well, I'm sad now. <laughs> um, 
Also, but, uh, and also like Morph deciding which parent he wants to go with. Yes, and is, but, he, yes, and but the, they, and they I mean, set that up in the very beginning, and like they they have little beats yeah. of Morph having to choose between the two of them. Like he's yeah. a, like the little pet of the two of them trying to like coo him over. Like all of that shit is is works for me. Morph should not work for me, and he really does. Yeah. Morph is a character that that is just so something that I'm just like, yeah. fuck off with this little piece of booger. Yeah, Morph is the key to all of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, and that's just Musker and Clemens having twelve years <laughs> to, to think of this movie. Like, uh-huh. can you imagine having a project in your back pocket for that long? I bet if I had a guess, I bet. This was overdeveloped. Yeah, in their oh to, yeah to them. Well, yeah, and, and things like more feel like a studio note, or like th- there were some alien designs where I was just like, "Fuck off with all that!" Like the I farting alien. That I don't I, like I Flint's design for. really. I don't know why. I don't I, Flint? Oh, I, I like Flint's design design a lot. I feel like Flint should be not really seen in a lot of versions. Or if he yeah. is seen, he well, should look like well, the guy uh, from Black the, Sails. The, and that's that's what you get with the Goonies in Yeah, well, the, like, the, yeah. Um, originally, in the original version of the film, the whole storybook thing in the beginning didn't exist. Um, and then ah. the studio was like, hey, we need to set this up and attach people, so let, let, let's hire Star Trek's Tony J to go do like a narration of like what the book is to, to, to get... It's, it's- it's just, it's not amazing. It's just pretty good until he goes to bed and the book reopens under the covers. That's yeah. when that scene turns from good to great. Yeah. 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 But we get so many bonus points for Tony J doing the narration. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we do. On the clearest of nights, when the winds of the Ethereum were calm and peaceful. Great merchant ships with their cargoes of Arcturian solar crystals felt safe and secure. Little did they suspect that they were pursued by pirates. It is great. It's a little distracting now from having just like from having heard that voice so many <laughs> times, but yeah, but if you're and, reading a classic book that's being narrated to you, I feel like that's the voice that you hear when it's being narrated to you. And I also yeah. respect the ways in which Musker and Clemens, I mean, they've been in this system at this point for so long that they know how to take that, like, we are Disney, we need more toys to sell note and turn it into, that. that is a problem for most filmmakers and turn it into an asset. Like, making mm-hmm. morph go beef go from you know i don't know we have to have an animal sidekick that we always have an animal sidekick from you know he, he could have been uh fucking the 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 gargoyles in um oh. hunchback to a bird yeah. but they <laughs> but they make they make him like a, an actually important part of the story that tugs at your heartstrings they make the storybook thing they make the storybook note tie together in a cohesive way that matters narratively yeah. and emotionally. They make uh Ben um the the Ben Gun the, oh. the Ben Gun robot um Martin Short visually f- visually 
one of the best animated robots I've ever like the what they do with his eyes with like the 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 uh, the grid of like LEDs that like make yeah. up his eyes. That's cool. It's pretty rad and a great performance. That from being Martin said, Short. oh, I did not care for Martin Short. <laughs> this is my least favorite Ben Gunn. This is also my least favorite Ben Gunn. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I get it, and I get the like missing piece thing to it. I think there's other stuff. You, but I honestly, once they get onto the planet, there's not a lot that sticks out to me. The, I like, love the first the, half um, of this movie is is pretty great. The the unending cavern of machinery line. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the way that they, I mean, once, I mean, again, sort of speaking to the issues that I have with the, the, with the design of the ships, like the opening up the hatch and it's just like a, a cavern of cables and pipes and stuff. Um, that really, that's, I, I kind of wish the interior of, of, uh, the legacy looked more like that than, um, like planks and stuff. But, um, well, it is interesting because when they like when they figure out that the pirates are about to mutiny and they escape, they blow a hole in the floorboards and it's all like wires yeah. like coming out of the floorboards. Yeah. It's, it's to me like and I think what makes it that aesthetic work for me is the fact that like it is it is literally a skin frank. It's a facade and then everything yeah. under it is the actual real inner workings of it. It's the same way as like if you go on the Queen Mary right now, like it's done up to look like the Titanic, but sure. under it is a diesel engine and modern yeah. electrical r- wiring and like everything else. It's just the fact that we put some teak planks on top of it to make it look pretty. And I feel like that I, I can suspend yeah. my disbelief to believe that that's the same case for this ship. But I also, there's a version of this story, the Robert Louis Stevenson story where it's like, okay, really give me a slightly more, it's not Treasure Planet, but like give me a more scientifically accurate sci-fi version of this mm. with like shuttles and try. Like I'd almost be like, I kind of it makes it makes me kind of like want them to go the other half of the distance a little bit with it. And I know you it would cut down on the swashbuckliness of some pieces to it, but like I don't know. It's it's both too different and not different enough. Yeah, in some ways, I'm having a really hard time sort of like nailing down where. Because there's a lot of this I love, you know that, and like I'm really having a hard time sort of like finding what I have a problem with in here, and I and I, it might just be like it might just be aesthetics, yeah. and that's it. Um, and also Jim Hawkins' nose, something about that is wrong. Uh, I, I, it's too Voldemorty. It's too Voldemorty. Can't help you there. I'm just gonna say it. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is is really good in this, and I don't actually find him that great in a lot of roles, but um, it's one of his earlier. Kind of breakout things he's like he was perfect, on. Yeah, you can hear it in his voice. He is just like he's like fifth rock from the sun. Yeah, right here. so it's yeah, um, yeah. No, it's I mean it's good and and that I mean silver leaving is just wonderful, so sweet. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having that sort of like uh, celebration at the end where he is brought back to the tavern with the cops, but he has a uniform on is pretty great. I can't like that's one thing that most of the versions most versions end on the island. You never get to see the mom again or anything like that. Yeah. Um and the fact that you actually give uh Andy's mom a uh, is that, that's who that Played is. By, right? No, it's, it's Lori Metcalf, like, but like of Roseanne fame and of like of she was in uh Ladybird and But she was Toy Story, wasn't she? 
She may have been. I I don't recall. I thought she was. I I wrote Andy's mom question mark. And I also wrote go Delbert. Go Delbert makes me want to kill myself. (laughs) Yeah, there there are some like early Audie isms yeah, in this that, film. That's just, that, yeah, that, that are, just doesn't age well, particularly well. Yeah. Ugh. Just the very fact that this whole movie, like the, the day is saved by extreme sports once again. <laughs> I'll um, take, at least that was set up. I'll take yeah, that a little bit, yeah. but I would have I would have taken that more if he wasn't good at solar surfing in the beginning, but they wanted the like, I'm cool, I'm surfing, it's the year 2000 and Tony Hawk Underground is coming out. So like... <sighs> I, I 2002 and Tony Hawk Underground had been out for a minute. Yeah, or Tony Hawk Pro Skater had been out for. A, for yeah, a by minute. 2002, the N64 was kaput. I don't think I'm wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know what I, what I'm the spirit of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, um, I think it's them latching on to things of the moment that they probably weren't sure were going to actually last beyond the moment. Um, which I think is something that you see like in a lot of kids animated series throughout time of like, there are certain things that just don't play anymore. Um, see Pocahontas. Um, but like with this movie, I think at least it's, it's the least offensive of all of them and it takes enough, um, it's making enough light of not only the source material, but some of the stuff that it's trying to aspire to that you're, at least for me, I am not viewing it as this dead serious situation. No. Like, no, I think it's, you know, I, yeah. I, I, so like I, 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 that, I think that's what I enjoy is that it's, it's being light and fun about it and it is being a little sci-fi spacey about it. Um, but it's also not trying to be like the expanse does treasure Island. Cause I kind of don't want that. So that, that that's my problem. That being I said, it. I would watch that miniseries in a heartbeat. <sighs> you say that now, but I'm just saying there's there's going to be a, a a lot of people getting sucked out in the vacuum of space because that's what science fiction writers <laughs> like these days. Listen, <laughs> I, I I can live with that as long as there are also like real swords and like you, you know what I want. I want like what if Dune did Treasure Planet. Oh, like that's the aesthetic that hmm. I want. Okay. Yeah, there's something I I think I just wanted it maybe like 10% less 1700s and more sci-fi. I think it's yeah. it's just like where they chose to put the line was somewhere where I was like this is not where it should really be. It needs to be a little more sci-fi or way more colonial. Um Something in there. I don't, I think that's really, and I don't want to get hung up because the beats of the story are pretty good. Um, the stuff it adjusts is, is pretty good. Yeah. I, I also kind of, uh, we've talked about four of these movies at it, almost none of them really call attention to this, but like clearly Jim's mom is fucking the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no, well she, she wants to be, but by the end of the movie, we know who the doctor ends up. Yeah. Fucking, I was going to say, which is, which is also one of my least favorite parts of the movie yeah. is that, well, it, this is the only one where we see the aftermath of yeah. the adventure. Yeah. And 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 the most ironic thing and the thing that really frustrates me is that uh at the very end as as Long John Silver is like leaving on his own way and he's he's telling Jimmy he goes, "You chart your own path. This is this is the 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 beginning of your adventure." And so what does Jim fucking do to chart his own path? He joins the military. <laughs> 
<laughs> where he's not charting shit. Peter, Peter, he's- Peter. It was 2002. Yeah. Where yeah, is that? But but at the same time, it's like, it, 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 despite, you know, all of that, I mean, this movie had clearly been in production since 2000. Can like, we, yeah. real quick, Matt, Matt, you have some hardcore Apocalypse Now lighting going on in your screen right there. <laughs> Look at how blue and green that plant is. The backlight of the of the plant is really selling um, the jungle vibes. The horror. The horror. It's, it's awesome. I, I like it a lot. Can you go punch your mirror for me real quick? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't feel like going to the hospital today. I will say, Apocalypse uh, Now on 4K possibly the most amazing thing i own on on 4k it's it i can't express enough how good that is but okay um i think we need to start going through a little bit of our lists of like what is our favorite versions of each piece of this well let's so so let's do so who's everybody's favorite jim hawkins Mm. uh christian bale Uh, i would agree with christian bale I mine is also Christian Bale. I'll, okay. I'll be the outlier. Uh, save oh, okay. Long John because that's going to be a big. Thing. Well, no, Long John's last. Okay, so um, so favorite Ben Gunn, Miss Piggy, Miss Piggy, because I like the yeah, I like what it changes <laughs> about it. Miss Piggy, uh, yeah. I honestly like Robot Ben Gunn. That's hey. Can I just can I imagine? Hold on, imagine the re- like you actually took the story seriously where the. The marooned person on the island is Captain Small. The the plot twist in a real novel from the 1800s that Captain Smollett's like ex lover is stranded on the island that he happens to like play that out and Flint's ex lover too and, and Long Flint, John Silver's ex lover. Well, that too. Yeah. Yes, yes. That if you actually if that was in the source material and actually was given time to breathe is wildly cool to kind of like imagine for that. But yes, all right. So. Also, small sidebar, I would 100% make a prequel movie to this about Flint and the crew and how they got it's, the It's treasure. called Black Sails. They did. It's called, it's Black, called Black Sails. Sails. Did they? Mm-hmm. Oh, honey. It's a, t- it's a series. I had no idea that was that. Uh, yeah, I, I had no it. idea. That, that is uh, what it was about. Executive produced by Michael Bay, and basically it is the pitch was Pirates uh, Game of Thrones. And it's kind of okay. See, and I, I understood that. I, I knew it was like like Game of Thrones esque pirates. I had no, no idea it was a prequel is, to Treasure. Yeah, it is, the Captain main Flint. character is Captain Flint. The main character is Captain Flint. Oh. The first episode he meets a young Long John Silver. Billy Bones is there. It is pretty good. It's not amazing. Okay, I might have to check. That I out. fell off somewhere in the middle there, but like it is close. Okay, so who's everybody's favorite Billy Bones? Oliver we, Reed. With that next question. It's Oliver Reed. That's it's Oliver Reed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who should that have been Long John Silver? Well, first, uh, first of all, I need to know everybody's favorite blind pew. Uh, I mean, Muppet, tre- Muppet Treasure Island. A pretty little girl. The, it, here's, here's why. Here's why Muppet Treasure Island works for me is he only has two modes: either cannot find anything at all, or Daredevil. <laughs> See, that's why I asked because we had talked earlier about how Blind Pew is this like. 
It's this insane character that, that like... Wait, wait, I gotta get my wording right. Blind Pew is an insane concept. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, did you notice in Muppet Treasure Island how he's basically b- blind Peppy Lip? Well, and that's, they gave him a fre- French that's accent. That's why he has a French accent, I think, is that. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, so. And I, I love the design of the Christopher Lee blind Pew and the performance of the Christopher Lee blind Pew. Yeah. But what makes the Muppet Treasure Island blind Pew work for me is the fact that he's actually able to fight Billy Bones when he hears them and just yes. like shoots yeah. across the room. I'm Great glad moment. we're all on the Great same moment. page with that. I thought I was going to have to work no. harder to defend that. No, 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 no. That's, that's wonderful. I love uh, you guys. What else we got? Uh, best Hispaniola. Ooh. It, uh, it's got to be the Bounty 2, I think. Yeah, I think, I th- I think it's probably, probably the, the, ni- the, the 1990. Close second is Muppet. I, I don't know why. I really like that the Muppet one, when you see wide shots of it, the sails are like, angled in towards each other like the whole ship is like they made it to look like more like a a traditional spanish galleon kind of looking thing yeah is that what is any ship ever look like that i mean like a little bit but but it does get exaggerated in pictures um okay who favorite uh who else is left besides the i almost said lbj i mean you you could just do like favorite random pirate i guess (laughs) Pete Postlethwaite. Israel Hands, I guess. Or Pete Postlethwaite. Uh, it's Pete, Pete Postlethwaite. Absolutely. It's pretty great. Who is almost the main villain of that one? He's very... Yeah. I do I do like giving the the pirate crew a like center figure that the first two movies do. Imagine... A single... I was going to say, imagine Pete Postlethwaite plays uh, Izzy Hands in that movie, in that version. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like my, my runner-up is uh, the evil goat in uh, Muppet Treasure Island. He's pretty good, but yeah. back to what Matt's Kevin saying: Vita. Izzy Hands in the in the Charlton Heston one. I really like uh, store brand Mick Jagger. <laughs> like he is pretty good. Yeah, Clueless Morgan though the goat yeah. is wonderful. I really like that he is just like. I don't know. He's so not a bad guy, yeah. but he's just part of the bad guy team. Uh, it's great. Okay, we got to go with Long John. Uh, Not and minus minus the 1950s. I thought I knew my answer, but I don't anymore. <laughs> so you, you got to go to me last. Uh, Honestly, my my hot take is that Charlton Heston is the weakest Long John. No, I think of the he, four, he probably is because he's pretty good. He's the he's got too much gravitas because the point of Long John Silver should be he's like actually at a disadvantage and his wit is what carries him through it versus Charlton Heston is like, I am scared of Charlton Heston in that movie. Not because he's playing it nefariously, but because like he has the intensity of like the best actor of decades. Kind yeah. of like yeah. the, the, the weak part about Charlton Heston for me though, is that he's not charming. He, he doesn't seduce you with like, uh, like he doesn't inspire He's the least like, charming, but I think he's still, yeah, I see what you mean. My, my order, I think, goes Robert Newton in the 1950s, Treasure Primary, Planet, Tim Curry, Charlton Heston. I, shit, I think, I think I might have the exact same order. Because Tim Curry is too evil. Is he? Yes. For this ranking, I love Tim Curry in this in that movie. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't ask a thing different of him. But if I'm ranking actual Long Johns at like capital L, capital J, capital S, 
I think it's capital exact, S. I think, I think mine's uh, exact same order. I think it's important to stipulate in this conversation that there isn't really a bad one in the bunch. Yeah, no, they're no, all like excellent no, 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 performances, no, no, no. and it's really sort of like what it's. It's not like best to worst. It's really like absolute to favorite to kind of least yeah. favorite. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. it's a preference thing. Yeah. 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 Um, and and so, with so, that, I would follow yours, except I'd probably put Tim Curry at the bottom. Okay. Which wow. I am genuinely shocked by. I, my memory of Muppet Treasure Island was a much stronger performance from Tim Curry, but um, honestly, I think he kind of gets lost in the Muppets. Which I mean, Tim Curry is as close as we have to a human Muppet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just kind of I, I I think he has trouble modulating the energy a little bit. Unlike like say like. Um, Michael Caine in Screw in in, in Muppets in Muppet, Muppets Christmas Carol plays that completely straight. <laughs> he plays he just plays Scrooge in a Scrooge movie, and he just happens his co stars happen to be Muppets. I think Tim Curry was trying to match the Muppet energy a little bit too much, and that means he gets kind of lost. Mm. Those are my two cents. I ha- and what about you, Matt? Uh, I, I'm still picking Brian Murray. From Treasure Planet first, probably. It's pretty fair. I, I, so I think the, yeah. the big question... Oh, what do you got? No, no, no. I, I was going to say, I, I Tim Tim Curry still resonates with me, but I realize that might just be because I watched it when I was a child. So, but Brian Murray. Yeah. yeah. So so do you have a full ranking or, or um, is it just... I, I would probably put, like, to me, Tim Curry and Brian Murray are neck and neck. And then I would put... Um, Oh, uh, what is his name? Robert, Robert Newton, Newton in third with with Charlton Heston in fourth. Only because when you're watching Charlton Heston, you're watching Charlton Heston. You're not watching Long John Silver. His Charlton Heston's. I meant to say this when we we're covering the episode. His entrance is, I'm an important actor, and you're going to give me the, the yeah. important actor entrance. He walks out, the music drops out, and he has his like line he says yeah. to like a dot in the sky whatever the fuck but yeah um does anyone have any sort of like has anyone's like opinions of these movies shifted drastically we don't have to like pick a favorite again but my my big my big one was even having just no expectation at all for the 1950s one and just loving it way more than i thought i was yeah. going to yeah yeah, a, a similar a, agreed. Having never seen the 1950s or the 1990s version, I um I was pleasantly surprised by the 1950s version. My overall opinion of uh, that era of Disney live action movies is not super high, mm. um, and did not expect the excellent craftsmanship on every part yeah. of the people that made that movie to to be what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 1990 version, I had just never fucking heard of, so didn't know it existed. Love that. Love that. I've seen it. Um, would recommend all of these movies to people that I love and care about. Uh, last ranking, uh, favorite item from Long John Silver's item. I don't think I've ever eaten at a Long John Silver's. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, is that what I you, mean, wait, has- is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. The, the chain. Never I've never eaten at a Long John Silver's. Uh, that must be a Midwest thing. Yeah, pr- no. the, the 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 hush puppies are the only thing worth writing home about. I I give Long John Silver's like a chance, like once a year. 
Every Sunday at Long John Silver's, it's all the tasty food you can eat starting at $7.99. Fish, chicken, sides, and hush puppies. It's a whale of a deal. That's right. We just said whale. Only at Long John Silver's. And I, I get, like, their basic fish combo or whatever because all of their food is fried, and so it all kind of yeah. tastes the same, and the hush puppies are the only thing that are, like, I do like a hush season. puppy. I've never had a Long John Silver's hush, hush puppies puppy. Are great. I do like a hush puppy. Peter has a side hustle. He's getting money every time he mentions. <laughs> every time I say Long John Silver. This is exactly like Matt with the Red Robin a few years ago. This is the same thing. Uh, guys, this was fun yeah. and grueling, and I don't want to do it again yeah. for a long time. Well, if we uh, do, it needs to be on a weekend. Uh, we will do more of, of these because we, uh, we have a few ideas for a couple of their, like, How to Torture Us series. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I, I, I just, it was kind of interesting. It was a really interesting sort of experiment to see the yeah. evolution. And w- what's really nice about this and a story that's so sort of like famous, same with the Christmas Carol one, where it's like, okay, who decides to include what parts and who decides to omit what parts? Because yeah. like, man, everyone came, you all start with the same book, but you come in with very different goals and you are leaning towards very different pieces of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fascinating, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just good, good work, guys. We are, and, and really, really, the treasure oh, is the yeah. friends that you make along the way. Uh, Connor, just play it real quick. The bull box. <laughs> this is no flicks given. We'll see you next time. of greatness in you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, remember to like and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at NoFlixGivenPodcast. See you next time.